Hey guys, welcome into the Corked Up podcast, name pending now. We're, we're starting to get into this, the thick of things, Frank, changing this fucking name, because I've had a bunch of people asking me, what does that mean? You know, I, I had breakfast with someone and, and never met the guy before, and he's like a cousin of a friend, and he was like, he was like, listen here, listen here, pal. His fucking name sucks. And I'm like, I know. I, no, I have met him uh, a few times. And uh, he, he was like, you, you guys have done some great work. He's just like, I, I just didn't get the, the meaning of the, the name of the podcast. And I'm like, it doesn't really make sense. Originally, we were di- going to do like other sports. But Frank and I just, we, we like football too much. We like being sad and depressed when talking about the Bears. And, you know, all that good I mean, stuff. Who, we'd be sad and depressed talking about the Cubs and the Bulls too at this point. Eat, I mean, relax. All right. Hey. This is a football podcast. We don't talk about this. <laughs> I'd like to officially apologize to LeBron James, who I scrutinized when the Bulls right. made these signings. Because I said that we were the reason he left the East. And I think it's very clear that we were not the reason that he left the East. Why don't you calm down? All right. I'm not we're not, we're not doing this right now because I'm going to call you out. And, and, you know, people don't want that yet. They want us to have a jolly podcast mm-hmm. where everyone's in a good mood. And we're never Frank, listen. I'm going to enjoy the off season because I already know during the season, we're going to get pissed off more than we are going to be happy, you know? So let's just enjoy it a little bit. We're going to talk some free agency because the bears have, have, have done some stuff and, you know, maybe some people have missed it because it really hasn't been that noteworthy, um, yep. you know, in terms of the players that they've added, but we want to talk about some of the moves they've made. And, and Frank just really needs to get off his chest about why you Bears fans are so stupid about being sad that Pat O'Donnell is gone. Look at the look he's given you. You can't look because you're listening to our podcast. Go to our YouTube channel. You're on YouTube. And yeah. and go look at Frank's face when I just said that because he's he was shaking his head. He's not happy. Um, so, Frank, let's just we'll go down the list, talk about some of the players that, you know, some of the moves they've made. Um, there really aren't that many, so we can just kind of get to it. Uh, they've signed a couple wide receivers as of today. Uh, Byron Pringle. To a one-year deal, four million dollars, you know, fully guaranteed, two million dollar more incentives. I, I actually really like that deal. Byron Pringle kind of stepped up a little bit as as kind of that wide receiver too in the Chiefs' offense that they were kind of waiting for someone to do so. He hasn't had the best career, and granted, you know, maybe it's a contract situation. You see it all the time. These guys have like super disappointing careers. Then they hit a contract year and they start balling out, and you're like man, they finally figured it out, and then they go to their new team, and they're terrible. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that this is kind of a situation where that could happen. I think Pringle may actually work his way into a possible extension with the Bears. Um, what were your thoughts on the Byron Pringle signing? I liked it. I think I think what Ryan Poles is doing just overall is getting the depth right. And I think he wants to really like truly build through the draft. because. Yeah. Byron Pringle, like you said, solid player. But if, you know, Mooney right now is the best receiver that we have. Uh, Pringle probably is number two that's rostered right now. But if you get, I mean, because we've seen wide receivers hit. I mean, Mooney was a fifth. We've seen him hit in the second, third, fourth, fifth. There's, you know, all up and down the, and this is a very deep wide receiver draft. But even, you know, in years past, all up and down the draft board, they're there. Um, Cortland Sutton was a third round pick. Um, if we can hit on one or two of these guys and Byron Pringle then becomes your third or fourth best receiver, that's really good. All to say, I don't think 
Ryan Poles' plan is to build an offense around Justin Fields that consists of Byron Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown as, you know, big time playmakers. I, I think it's, <clears throat> I think where people start to get a little bit frustrated is that they want things to be turned around in one year. <clears throat> and this is why we were so frustrated with last year, because what's happening right now should have happened should have last offseason. Yeah. That, that process should have been expedited. Field should have started all 17 games as long as he was healthy. We should have had started to churn out the older players, started to get younger, because at that point you probably get a first for Khalil Mack, right? Um, but now that's what we're seeing. I mean, and not for nothing, this is something we talked about with Ryan Pace, not Poles, Pace, prior regime. I like that he did this when he first came in. He started to shed the dead weight. He started to sign a lot of one-year deals. Like, just prove it to me. If, if you can, you know, um, show me that you fit the system, if you show me that you can play, we we can possibly extend you. And I guarantee you that's the pitch. And I think Ryan Pohl is doing the same thing. And that's why I think uh, up until the last couple of years of Ryan Pace's tenure, he had a very good depth roster. Like that roster was very, very good. But then he started to fall in love with people and started to pay people he shouldn't have. Like that, that was sort of the downfall there. Um, and he drafted the wrong quarterback. But I think we're in that beginning process here of we're getting guys who are talented, who are cheaper. Like you said, either they're just in a bad situation or things just haven't turned out. And... um we're sort of just, you know, fucking kicking the tires on some guys. We're, we're not yeah. building. We're not in the position to build through free agency right now. We're, we're, we're picking up guys who, who have potential and seeing if, if they can stick long term. Yeah. And I think what Ryan Poles is doing, I think it, at least Bears fans should, should start to kind of, you know, get the hint a little bit here. This is going to be a more of a rebuild as opposed to a reload. Um, this isn't going to be kind of just like, all right, we're we're going to use for agency, like you were saying. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna gonna get ahead here of this, and and we're just gonna go ahead, and this is it. This is the team we're gonna roll with. I think they're just gonna want to start building, like you said, through the draft, signing free agent guys to kind of just take up some depth um, while they wait for certain guys to progress, or maybe they feel like they can get lucky on a couple of these hits. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if. Equinemy of St. Brown wasn't tried to use maybe in like a punt return or kick return situation. He doesn't have a whole lot of experience doing it, but he's, he, I mean, you know, he was with the Packers and he didn't really make an impact. So that kind of says a lot. Um, so I think, again, it could just be a depth piece. Depth piece could just be a guy for camp. You know, maybe they try him out as a punt return, kick return type thing. Um, you know, on the offensive line, obviously they lose James Daniels, but they replace him with Lucas Patrick uh, from the from the Green Bay Packers. Um, so you already kind of see that Luke Getze, you know, kind of bleeding his way into kind of some get guys maybe he's familiar with. Obviously, Equinemius St. Brown is one of those guys. Um, you know, two-year deal, $8 million contract, $4 million guaranteed in year one for Lucas Patrick. From Packers fans that I've talked to, he's a solid depth guy. But... I mean, realistically, he could start. You know, they, they've said that he's a solid starter. Boom, plug him in. You don't pay James Daniels. You don't overpay him. We talked about it, right? We, we talked about Ryan Poles and him being an offensive line guy. He's going to really tell you what he thinks about this roster um, based off of who he keeps and who he lets walk. And, I, you know, I, it, it's always going to be tough because we'll never really know who was actually good on this team. But... James Daniels never really did anything where I was like, my, you know, we got to keep this dude for real. And it's just like, 
they tried him at center, they tried him at guard, maybe they should have just picked a, a lane and stuck with it. But just because you think that this player can still be good doesn't necessarily mean you have to pay him. And if they have a guy that they have consistent tape of that they're like, all right, this guy's a plug and play. I'm glad that they're moving on and, and doing what he wants to do. Ryan Poles is, like you said, he's doing what Ryan Pace should have done last year, which was move on from that roster, and he just couldn't do it, which is why he got fired. So um, did you like the Lucas Patrick signing? Or are you, you know, I mean, it's a solid piece, I think. It's a solid piece, and I think it it just goes to what we had said, um, I think it was last episode, or maybe it was just a conversation that we had uh, off the podcast, but this the, the one thing that this offensive line does have going for it is versatility. Um, this, this just adds to that. There is no commitment that, Hey, you are our starting center, but if we need you, you can start at center. If we need you, you can start at guard. It's the same thing with, um, with, uh, Cody Whitehair. It's the same thing. We just lost out on Armstead. So, you know, that that, I think Tevin Jenkins is pretty, unless there's a left tackle in the second, or we can move up to the end of the first and there's someone that we like, like, again, we can move him to right. We get a left tackle and then we move Borum to guard who, I mean, there's so much versatility with this. And that's what I really like. Um, not only about the offensive line, but what with what Ryan Poles is doing thus far is all these contracts are one, two years, small money. There's no commitment to these guys. So now he can just draft best player available. We have so many holes that and really investing in a lot of these positions that are holes, it, it's not gonna really it's not gonna be helpful in that manner. Um the only position that I would have liked to see would have been um <clears throat> offensive line like if we would have got Armstead he's the guy to pay he's the dude that you go out there and get because I think while we may not win next year or even the year after that I think there has to be and I think there will be in the draft and there's other people that he'll sign but there has to be investment in protecting Justin Fields to help him along with his development even if that means the next two years you're paying for even though he's gone just using him as an example you're paying Armstead 25 or 22 mil whatever the high end for a left tackle is you're paying him that and we go like six and eleven and seven and eight. And then, you know, he gets he's old, he's in the third year of his contract, you're ready to cut him. But you protected Justin Fields for two years, and now he's a stud and three years down. The, like there has to be an investment there. And I think we will see that. That doesn't always necessarily mean money and cap, but again, that's just another move that allows uh Ryan Poles to continue to really just build what he wants. It's I mean, it's very easy, I think, to get the fan base riled up. If you're Jacksonville, like, oh, we got all these big names that doesn't win you anything. So it's like, I, I hate that, you know, we're not the type of people that can come on here and be like, I can't believe they took Lucas Patrick over so and so because it's like, <laughs> realistically, the, the roster isn't finished one, but two next season, even if Aaron Rodgers was gone, I don't know if we're competing. This is a year to really mold everything like this is I don't want to say mold. This is the year where they're moving the fucking block of sculpture in the building like it's not even being molded yet you know what i mean so it it, i i did like him as a signing though because again if we can make a trade whether up in the draft or somewhere or we can trade picks for a left tackle or something that that only adds to what they can do moving forward in terms of versatility as opposed to paying a left tackle basically 17 and a half million dollars a year when you're not really going to be that good like it's it's done. I I would have liked Armstead um for for all the reasons that you said. I also would be curious now what the plan is at left tackle. If, are they just going to give Tevin Jenkins that shot? Um, maybe Larry Larry Borum, even though I think he's more of a right tackle. But 
you know, just it, it, it's unfortunate that looking back on this, you know, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum, basically two both right tackles and <laughs> right pace kind of just decided to take two of them, even though one had a bad back. Um, and speaking of injuries, one thing that was really interesting was uh, early on in free agency, the Bears were one of the first teams to sign someone in, in Larry Ogunjobi, the defensive tackle out of Cincinnati, who broke his foot during that Raiders game in the playoffs. And when the new season started, everyone was signing their, their free agency contracts, except for Ogunjobi. And he unfortunately did not clear his medicals. Uh, and, and Ryan Poles decided to, to hold off on, on signing that deal. Uh, they replaced him with Justin Jones uh, for two years, $12 million, uh, former charger, I believe. And a couple things. One, I really liked that Ryan Poles had a backup, like, already in mind. Because, like, it was, like, what, like, hour, two, maybe, that they signed yep. Justin Jones? Like, they were like, all right, we're ready. Uh, they also got al Quadin Muhammad from the Colts, which, like, that's that's going to be a really good move, Frank. Really good. He, he's going to fill that that Akeem Hicks role um, pretty well. He was about to sign with the Colts. Eberflus said, oh, hold on, hold on. Come up, come over here. And he's like, I got you, um, which is cool. Or, or I think it was just Justin Jones, actually, who was going to sign with the Colts. And he was like, all right, I'm going to go to the Bears instead. Uh, Muhammad comes from the Colts. Um, but uh, the other thing with Ogunjobi, I know, obviously, Bears fans were having a field day with that. Oh, my God, Poles is terrible. He's first free agent that he signs is doesn't clear his mind. Like, it's a bad thing. Like, it's a bad thing that they didn't sign him. Like, first of all, that contract that they were going to sign him to, I didn't really love it. I, I think it's paying a lot for a defensive tackle, honestly. Uh, you know, good for the player, obviously. Probably a little overpay, though. Um, it's unfortunate on both sides, but now it kind of frees you up to do a little bit more for not paying a position that I, again, like we were talking about with the offensive line, if you don't think you're going to compete right away, what does a defensive tackle, you know, a highly paid defensive tackle really do for you? So um, what do you think of the Ogunjobi, you know, him not signing and then kind of being able to replace him pretty quickly? I thought that was a hell of a sign because you think about, and, and we don't have, there's no confirmed reports or anything, but I just think of, you know, Ryan Pace signing um, Robert Quinn, very first OTA on the injury report. Like, what the hell is going on here? And it, it was so serious that before week one, he, he'd been on the injury report all preseason, didn't play preseason. And they were saying, this is more serious. He could miss up to eight to 10 games. And he wound up missing quite a few games and the games he played, and he looked very good in his first year as a Bear. So, again, I, I, who really knows what happened? But the science had to have been there that this guy, something's wrong with this guy. How the hell are you very first OTA already not not on the field injury report and and that's just one example people on twitter were bringing up quite a few examples of the happening in the ryan pace era where it's like oh it's fine and i think that leads me to believe and this is pure you know speculation i think ryan pace looked at it like oh well, i'm signing you to a multi-year deal so if you miss a few games in the first year that's fine i mean we'll it's like that's it a, oh, that's awful awful if that's the case yeah which i don't see why it wouldn't. We signed guys who couldn't stay on the field. Anthony Why, Miller. Our, Anthony Miller. I mean, even even our own in Eddie Goldman. Yeah. Like, you know, like it, this was happening a ton. Um, <clears throat> so I, I think that's awesome. Like, because just like you said, I, I did see people being 50-50 on it. I think o Ogunjobi can play. It just the money may have been a little bit too much. But forget the money. 
that's a really good defensive tackle that the, the Bears were signing. And, you know, that's that's something to excite the fan base. That's something that is like, hey, you know what? Maybe we're we can expedite a little something. The defense still maybe isn't bad. But, you know, it, uh, w- without that coming out saying, oh, he actually failed the physical and, and we're signing him anyway. Let's just say like we signed him and we don't know that we're still a little jazzed up about him. You know, but like him, Ryan Poles pulling the plug is like, I don't care what fans, I don't, and I'm not here for fans' excitement right now. I'm here to make the best decisions for this franchise. Yeah. Because he could have just kept the name there. He could have said, you know what, just like we think Ryan Pace was doing. So I, yeah. I, I thought that was incredible. But just like you, that was my first thought because I don't know too much about Justin Jones. I have seen, you know, some PFF guys and some other people say that maybe not, uh, the, the, the ceiling isn't as high as Ogunjobi, but he is uh, you know very similar skill set. So the fact that he had that lined up immediately is like, okay, he's really doing his due diligence. So we yeah. don't know how, how it's going to work out, but just like you said, the, the process seems to be there, which is great. Yeah, and I, I like that he's just, Ryan Poles is making decisions that do feel like they're for the best for the franchise, not just for his job security, because you're right. He could have left Ogan Joe beyond there and been like Bears fans be like, oh, yeah, we got this guy. I just don't I just don't understand. I can I can understand Bears fans frustrations when it comes to not signing him because that sucks. Like you were excited about this player. He you know seems like a really good signing and it doesn't pan out. But like to be like. Be like, oh, typical Bears, like, no, like that's not typical Bears. It's not yeah. that's not what they usually do. <laughs> like they usually commit to things and then just kind of let it happen. But. I'm glad that he's protecting his team and his franchise by not wasting money on a guy. No offense that like he he could be hurt. It could be, it could just not work out. We've seen them, you know, the bears make bad free agent signings for guys that just don't deserve the contract. Pernell McPhee, Jared Allen, you know, those types of players didn't have knees at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a situational pass rusher in Baltimore because he couldn't stay on the field. If he was full time, they tried him full time one year and he, (laughs) And the Bears signed him. To, yeah, they signed him like he was he was a full time player. So yeah, it's it, you you see it all the time. And I'm, I'm I was I was glad that they that they decided you know we're not just going to do it for the name like you were saying. Um, you know, last couple of moves they made they signed a linebacker Nicholas Morrow from the Raiders. Uh, they brought back DeAndre Houston Carson, which I really like. Uh, and then they they kept Patrick Scales as their long snapper. Um, you know, in in regards to those moves, they're not really big headline moves but one thing we talked about with the Khalil Mack trade it's kind of refreshing that he's like we could keep Eddie Goldman we could keep Pat O'Donnell we could keep these you know these guys let's just fucking move on like it's it's very refreshing to see the Bears kind of just be like all right (laughs) listen our roster wasn't that good I I get it I see it because how much like we've seen the Bears and almost every team in Chicago right? Fall in love with these guys for some reason. (laughs) And anytime the team lets them go, trades them, cuts them, whatever it is, there's like this weird uproar where people, how could you get rid of Pat O'Donnell? How could you let that happen? It's like, what are we, what are we doing? Pat O'Donnell, we saw Pat O'Donnell punt and he was fine. He was okay. That's cool. Like, but he wasn't like, and he's a punter. Who cares? <laughs> I'm sorry, but who cares? Really? Who cares? Uh, yeah, it's. It, I I feel like there's a certain, and maybe it's just like a human nature thing. Maybe this happens in every 
fan base, but we're only really privy to like the Bears, yeah. you know, Bears fan base. But it seems like people get comfortable just with names. Like Pat O'Donnell has been here for what, eight years or whatever it's been. But and it's like he's never did anything crazy. Notable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you remember when we had Brad Maynard? Yeah. The coffin, the coffin corner punts. Like that's I remember that shit. Like he was a really good punter. Like, let's not like I know, I know you're saying who cares? It's the punter in jest, but it's like punters can make real impacts. Pat O'Donnell wasn't one of them. Like, no, he was a guy. It's, that's what I mean. Like, he was as average as it gets. And that being said, if you have an average punter with a really good offense that can move the ball and he's punting from like the 40 instead of the 20, it probably looks better. So we didn't do him any favors, is what I'm trying to say. But it's like with the way people, oh, we let him go to Green Bay. And it's like, what are we taught? Like, how easily <laughs> do we forget that we drafted that guy with like a six round pick? And he got out punted in uh, the the year he was drafted. I forgot what was the guy. The guy wound up going to Jacksonville, and he like led the league in net yards for like three or four years. What do you remember his name? It was a Brian Anger. You talking about? It wasn't Anger. No, no, no. I don't think it was. I don't remember punters, Frank. I'm gonna I don't remember either. But like people were. I, I just remember because any time a special teams guy is drafted, kicker or punter. They got a microscope on him in OTAs and such. And I remember this particular year, they're like, he is getting his ass kicked by this dude. And uh, they were right, because he went on to, I don't know what that punter's doing now, the one that out, maybe he retired or something, but he had like three phenomenal years with Jacksonville. He was like one of the best punters in the league, and Pat O'Donnell was just here being a fucking bump. And how quickly people forget that 2018 game, granted, the offense should have been more aggressive. We had all our complaints with that. The defense should have made those stops. Pat O'Donnell shanked a fucking punt that led to that drive. Like, he was a huge, like, I, it just became forgotten for some reason. And I have no idea why. Oh, probably because of the double doink. But, like, like that was huge. Bears fans love their average players, Frank. I, I can't, or I even, can't really or even explain below, it. That's what I mean. Like, part yeah. of it is, like, is it just human nature of, like, you've seen this name for so long? You've seen this jersey for so long that, like, when, they, when they're gone, it's like, oh, my God, we let, we let him go. I think part of it too was the fact that he did land with the Packers. That's that that was probably some of the uproar as well. But like, who who cares, right? Like, it doesn't. Yeah. We're not a punter away from from this team being a Super Bowl contender. Like, it's it's not it's not worth paying him. It, that you can find a punter pretty easily, man. It's it's not. I don't think it's that complicated, especially for a guy that you're replacing who's average to below average. He didn't do anything special. You know what I mean? So I, it, it's just refreshing to me that Ryan Poles is basically saying to Bears fans, I don't care what you think about these players. Here's what I think about them. I'm in control of the team. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. When you had said, when you mentioned earlier about the Ogan Joby stuff and people was, everyone's like, oh, typical Bears. Nothing about the Ryan Poles tenure thus far has been typical Bears, even to the point where when he, before he signed, it was reported and pretty much confirmed just by what we're seeing that he said, look, I have an offer in Minnesota. I want to be here, but I'm not going to be here if you're middling in this shit. This is my ship. I'm the captain here. You you either let me do my thing or I go to the place that's going to allow me to do my thing. He uh, immediately put his fucking demands on the table, and he was that good of a candidate that the Bears couldn't say no to that. Yeah. He had all the leverage in that situation, and he used that. That's what GM, I mean, that's, that's literally part of the job is being a GM. He GM'd his way into being the Bears GM yeah. is that he used the leverage that he had. Like yeah. no, nothing about, and, and again, you know, 
it's and I'm going to make a point to say this anytime that I praise, especially early on, because we don't know what this is going to look like. But at the very least, we're going to be in a position at the end of Ryan Poles' tenure that we're not going to be like, well, fuck, was it him? Was it the coach? He's doing what he wants because he's the guy that knows best for this operation. And if it all goes to shit, we get rid of him and we move on. There is no Ryan Pace and and Matt Nagy. Who's actually better at the who's the reason for that? There isn't going to be that. He made his decision on the coach. He he brought up Matt Eberflus's name in his interview, in his first interview. That's who we and that was why actually, and we never touched on this. And I don't even think me and you had a conversation about it. That was actually a pretty cool part. People were panicking when uh, when leadership was interviewing the coaches and the GM separately. The reason they did that is because they asked the GM, "Who would you hire if we gave you the job?" And they gave them a list of names, so they interviewed them as well to see if there were like philosophies matched. And yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool fucking process. So like he, yeah. he got the guy, like he's the point I'm making, I'm a little long winded here, but he's doing everything that he wants to do. There's no one above him right now. He's the football guy. Yeah. This is what we were hoping when they, we, you know, when we were asking for Rick Smith, we were asking for a yep. football operations guy to really run the, the show. And it really does seem like Ryan Poles is starting to do that. And, you know, whether it's the internal structure that they've changed with, no more Ted Phillips being the main guy that they answer to. Um, I know he isn't drafted yet. I've, I've liked the off season because you know what, Frank, it just, it, it makes sense. What he, everything he's done so far has, has made sense. There's nothing that he's done where I've been like, what? what, what, what do you, like trading Khalil Mack is something that we've been asking for. Cutting, Tariq Cohen, unfortunately, is it, it makes sense when your guy is just not healthy and you don't know when that knee injury is coming. You just Eddie Goldman. He didn't really want to be here anymore. So why keep him letting or Alan Robinson walk like he didn't, you know, just re-sign him to re-sign him. He was like, go get your money elsewhere. Like, I'm sorry. You know, it's just not which there that is one thing, you know, we can talk about when we get to him, um, you know, signing with the Rams because uh, I do want to talk about that. Um, that was probably one move where I was kind of like, mm, they probably could have resigned it, but maybe you just burned too many bridges with the bears overall. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I, I do want to go through some of the other teams, just some of the other big signings. Um, I'm on NFL.com's, uh, 2022 free agency tracker. So you can look at this if you want, they've got all the moves for all 32 teams. Um, so I'm just going to go down their list and kind of talk about some big ones. Um, we'll start with the Buffalo bills. Uh, Jamison Crowder, Duke Johnson, Isaiah McKenzie, OJ Howard. They signed Mitch Morse, the Kansas City Chiefs center. Uh, and then they, the big one, obviously, being Von Miller signing to a six-year, $120 million contract. 51 of that is guaranteed. Frank, Bills are going all in, man. What yeah. do you think about the Von Miller stuff? I, I mean, it, it's it'll be worth it if they win a title in the next two years that's that's what they're going for they're 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 trying to maximize this window that that they have you know i mean we were just off air talk or maybe we even brought it up here but um you know jacksonville went to the the afc championship game they 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 were a a play away from beating tom brady and getting to the super bowl they've not gotten close to coming back yeah like these windows are so small right now in the nfl That's what we were talking about with the Bengals, right? Uh, Everyone, oh, well, Joe Burrow will be back. You never know. You don't know that. You do. You have you exactly because off seasons like this can happen with the AFC West. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and obviously we'll we'll get to them. You know, we'll get to that whole division. But it's like I I I respect it. Like it's it's truly one of those things that it it has to be a hindsight thing. Yeah, 
in the moment right now, I like it because they are going like it's a five year deal. But if they keep him all five years, the back three are probably going to be rough. He's getting old, yeah. but they're going for it. And you you can only respect that. Now, again, whether it's a good or bad signing really is going to be results based uh, unless like, you know, Josh, and knock on wood, but just using if Josh Allen like tears an ACL or something or like something crazy happens like that, then it's like, OK, it is what it is. You can't really judge it, but they, they're all healthy, like relatively healthy, like everyone else's playoff time, and they don't get it done in the next year or two. It's a bad signing. It just it's is what it be, is. It's going to be a rough contract for sure, but that pass rush is going to be very, very good. I can't believe they signed him to a six-year deal. Like, he's, he's I wonder, 32, I, I, I wonder, man. Well, with the guarantee, with the guarantee only being 51, did you say? I, yeah, it, it had to have been. It had to have been front-loaded. They're, they're, they're going to be able to get out of that contract in like two or three years, I think. They better hope so. Uh, the Dolphins sign a, a quality backup in Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, they bring in Chase Edmonds, which I, I think that's a really underrated move. They bring in Raheem Mostert as well. So Mike, you know, Mike McCoy doing his uh, or Mike McDaniel, excuse me, um, bring over his approach as well to having 85 running backs <laughs> on the team. Uh, Trent Sherfield, um, obviously from the 49ers as well. Uh, Cedric Wilson, a guy from the from the Cowboys that I was actually surprised the Cowboys let go. Um, I thought he could have been a really good fit in that offense with with Mari Cooper gone. But um, obviously they get back Mike Jasicki. And then, of course, today, the big signing of uh, Teron Armstead, five year, seventy five million dollar deal. Um, Connor Williams from the from the Cowboys as well. So beefing up that offensive line, kind of getting um to uh, some some additional weapons, but I think the the 49ers blueprint is all over this team, right? Yeah, totally agree. And I really my only thought with that is this is make or break for Tua. Yeah, I I mean there can't be any more question marks. You have an offensive guy who's investing in the offense. They got you some more. They're probably going to get you even more weapons in the draft. You got you got your left tackle. Like I well he's right he's left handed, so the right tackle is a little bit more you know more important. But they're beefing up the offensive line, like you said. Well, that's his blind. That's a that's a really good that's a really good point. Why did they sign Armstead? Like they maybe they're playing him on the right. You think he play the right? Maybe Teddy Bridgewater is just going to come in and win the starting job. Yeah. No. I mean, I I think they're and I think this is the correct way to for a new staff that has a young quarterback that they're unsure about is you give him what he needs and if he doesn't prove it, you got to move on. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um. The I mean the Patriots. There's really nothing worth note. They haven't done anything except let JC Jackson go. Um, haven't really signed anyone notable. Um, same thing with the jets. I mean, they, they did improve their, their offense a little bit. Um, they re-signed Braxton Berrios, a couple tight ends and Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama. I think that's going to be really good for, for Zach Wilson, just giving him some better targets. Um, but you know, a beefing up the offensive line, nothing really worth noting there. Uh, the Ravens, Marcus Williams, that safety. I mean, yeah. I, Frank, I'm gonna be honest with you. I could give two shits about safeties. Can I? Can I just say that? I mean, I know we're getting excited here when you you sent me that message about Tyron Matthew, you know, potentially signing with the the Bears or the Colts, and it's just like, if it happens, cool. If not, eh. I feel I feel like Tyron though is a little bit different of a, a of a safety when it yeah, he he, he like he can't he he's proven to truly be. A, a difference just, maker and and, it's, and a way that most safeties in today's era have not. Let's just say if my team traded what the Seahawks traded for Jamal Adams, I would not be happy. I, I like agree. At all. Totally agree. <laughs> uh, 
Um, the Bengals. Now, the Bengals actually did do some things. They signed Hayden Hurst to replace Uzama. They got Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras. Um, so they're beefing up that offensive line, which obviously needed to happen. Um, Bengals are going to spend a lot of money on that to make sure that they could actually get through a playoff series without Joe Burrow getting sacked 18 million times. Yeah. But you know what, though, man? Part of me feels like this is just a complete concession on their part that they can't coach up offensive linemen. Yeah. Yeah. They just signed I everybody. They just signed a, a whole everybody. new offensive line. Yeah. I mean, because I feel like. How, how am I trying to say this? Like, if you had, these guys can all play at the NFL level, right? I, and I feel like bad offensive lines also have a good amount to do with the scheme and, and, and the coaching of them, maybe even more than it does with their actual talent. Because how should. many times have we seen, like, a, a, an offensive lineman that people were down on, he signs elsewhere, and it's like, oh, he's actually serviceable, or he's actually really good. Like, offensive linemen, I feel like, can be manipulated one way or another depending on the scheme. And they just haven't coached any of those guys up. So they're just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to sign talent and let them do what they do. Just, just be, just be good. Just, yeah, we don't just care about the scheme. Be yourself. Yeah. And just, just go on the field and, and, and please just for the love of God, protect our franchise. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because like, but, but think about like the, the years that we had Mike Tice as our offensive line coach and like, we weren't investing in the offensive line at all. And he was like a goddamn guru out there. Like they, we never had an elite, Offensive line, but you talk about a talent-stricken offensive line. He made them beyond serviceable. Like they were solid, and they were a tro- They were like seventh-round picks and undrafted free agents, and it was like they, they were doing pretty good. See uh, the Bengals. The Bengals need to sign Juan Castillo for him to turn them into all Hall of Famers, like he said he was going to do with the Bears. Jesus Christ! Did he? <laughs> I don't remember him saying that. Yeah, that was one of the first things that people said about him uh, in the Bears. I should say Ryan Pace That's really liked. Good. Mad Nagy, yeah. You know, we're going to look back on this and just be really disappointed because that we, whole thing was a, just a train wreck. Can we it's get sad. an athletic article like they just got on Urban Meyer out of this? We'll, 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 there has we'll, to be. He was here for four. He wasn't ever a train wreck like Urban Meyer, clearly, but come on, man. All the subtweets, all yeah. the different shit that players have sort of sat on the side. So, there's someone at the... What is it? The the athletic. Someone yeah, at the athletic. athletic right now is putting this story together. The Bears, to yeah. Be. yeah. Well, you saw the picture of Matt Nagy's house that he's selling. Like the dude was all the dude was all in. He was a cornball, and it's sad that it didn't work out because he was a character. But like, yeah, we may need to talk about the Urban Meyer stuff next week. That might need to be an extras podcast or something because yeah, that deserves yeah. its own its own it space. Does. It's absolutely wild. Uh, the Browns. So obviously, Frank, the Browns getting. Uh, a very good quarterback in maybe not so great as a person, uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, for a sixth round, they got Deshaun Watson and a sixth round pick in exchange for three firsts, a third, and two fourths. Uh, they also fully guaranteed Deshaun Watson a five year deal for $230 million. Whew, Frank, that is an NBA contract right there. My God. <laughs> That is insane. Uh, we haven't talked about the Deshaun Watson contract or the trade itself. I mean, the whole saga is absolutely nuts, right? The Browns are in on Deshaun Watson. They're like, all right, Baker, sorry, we're getting Deshaun. They don't get Deshaun. Deshaun's like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to the Browns. And they're like, oh, fuck, Baker, you're still our guy. He's like, no, 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 get me the fuck out of here. I'm done in Cleveland. 
Then they get to Sean Watson, and they still have Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Frank, it was absolutely wild. What was your first reaction to Sean Watson getting traded in the Browns? I mean, it completely took me by surprise because the the report just before that was it's either the Saints the Falcons. or the Falcons. the Falcons. Then it was like it's pretty much guaranteed that it was a. Fa- I was like, shit, that's a, you know, I, I, again, we're not talking about Deshaun Watson as the man. I I think we we've been on record saying, and I, I actually have something to say about that as well as more details came out about the contract. But you know, that's what took me by surprise so much is that they were told they were out. Yeah. And all of a sudden something changed and he was there. Um, obviously, I mean, he's a top five quarterback in the league when, you know, when, when he's on the field, he, he he's incredible. Um, my biggest takeaway though, was even with that massive contract year one, his base salary is $1 million. That's what makes this feel so fucking slimy. Doesn't they it? know because they because know. they know he's going to get suspended, whether it's the yeah. full year or four games or whatever it is. And they're like, yeah, you won't lose that much money in year one because that they can't. T- it's a percentage thing. I mean, and the NFL can't. What are you going to make a rule about that? You have to make such a specific rule. If your player that you sign is going to, going be, to sus- be suspended, if you think he's yeah. going to be suspended, like so I, it just felt very slimy because of that. Yeah, it's. It's gross all around, especially when you find out that, you know, the Browns put out their statement where they're like, yeah, we talked to everybody. And then someone came out and was like, no, they, they really didn't talk to anybody. Well, the, like, wasn't it the lawyer of the, of the defendants? Yeah. yeah. Or not the defendants, the, uh, the accusers, um, of the women that say that he did in fact do these creepy, disgusting things. And how often is it, but it's not surprising, dude. Like that, that's the problem. It's it's just, it's the NFL. Everyone knew talent matters over everything. I'm glad it's not the team that I personally root for that, that made this such a move. Uh, cause it, I mean, but fully guaranteed for this dude, like really, really. Yeah. It's, I mean, shit, that that press conference, that press conference is going to be fucking something. Yeah. I I'm really, really looking forward to that press conference. Not, not in a good way because there, I hope that, that, that the, the Cleveland press really fucking grill, not only him, but the general manager and the owner and anyone else who's going to be at that press conference, because I don't, in terms of like, the human side of things, I don't know what you can do to sort of like, what is the right word? Like, you know, like be a net positive. How do you make this a net positive just as a human being after all that nasty shit that came out? And then with that, like how off the mark can you be as Adam Schefter? What a fucking clown. Like, what are you talking? Oh, he, he took this route because he was standing on the truth. Dude, do you know how hard it is to prove sexual assault cases? And you're going to sit here and, and then here goes all these people with the conspiracy. Well, it was, isn't it weird? The timing of it. And isn't it like you think 20 something women are lying? The odds of that, the odds of that when it comes to this are extremely low when it comes to sexual assault. And you have the same people who were, you know, talking about bill cosby and it's all the other people were when when one or two people finally speak up they're like oh well, wh- why didn't they speak why then they like more people speak up and they're like well why didn't they speak earlier and it's like dude 
you have no idea what it's like to be sexually assaulted. Like people, people have described this that have gone through that and the embarrassment, they blame themselves. It's all types of mental things that happen to you potentially. It's not all the time, but like it's, it's even embarrassing to, to bring that up, yeah. to say that, you yeah. know, and, it's, it's because, and, 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 but not for nothing. A big part of the reason is because fucking men will still look at you like you're, and, and this isn't me, but this is just sort of the dynamic. So if I offend anyone, I, I truly do apologize, but they will look at a woman like they're a whore. If they got raped or sexually assaulted, that's fucking insane. But yeah. that is a big, like you think of, uh, and, and th this isn't, you know, as recent, but people would get stoned because they would say, oh no, they're lying. Oh, well, she's a witch. Get, get her out of here. Or you tempted, you tempted the man. Like you had to have tempted him or why? Like this is a, and, and I bring the cases like that up because maybe that was 300, 400, 200 years ago, but shit like that runs in your DNA. Shit like that is ingrained in you, whether it happened to you or not, it's sort of passed down to, to act this way, to be this way, be, to protect yourself. So you're talking about why didn't they speak up? There's historical evidence as to why people don't speak up. Yeah. And it's because of people like Adam Schefter tweeting that I mean, out when oh it's just God. like the, the dude has sold his soul for to be able to be the first to, you know, give stories and shit like that. And it's just it's it's absolutely wild. And I think what makes it even worse, really. I mean, they, they give this dude five years, two hundred and thirty million dollars guaranteed. And Colin Kaepernick can't get a fucking tryout. <laughs> like, like what? What are what? What are we doing here? And kind of to bring it around to a to a football conversation as well. It's like now they have to worry about what to do with Baker, and it's almost like they basically have to keep him because nobody wants him because of how the Browns have talked about him, calling yeah, him a fucking calling him a child and shit that's like been that. The weirdest part. When when realistically they they probably are going to need him because if they're trying to compete this year, and and Deshaun Watson gets suspended, what are they going to? They need to play Baker. They, he's their best option. I know they just signed J Jacoby Brissett, but like, like come on, dude. Like they they trade for Amari Cooper. They signed Jakeem Grant for some reason to a three year deal. Like they they're clearly going to try to compete, and they just burned a bridge with a quarterback who. May, sure, maybe he wasn't, maybe he wasn't, you know, that good. But they drafted him first overall. Yeah, he didn't ask them to draft him first overall. They, they did that. They made the choice, and it's absolutely crazy that the Browns, who have never had a quarterback stability, go from just talking about their quarterback like he's a fucking piece of shit to sign to literally trading for a, a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and it's that's, crazy, man. It's that's crazy. the weird part with the Baker thing is that you you're you're you are lessening the value by speaking about him that way. Yeah, like if you really want to get rid of him, oh, such a hard. I mean, we couldn't pass up for, for, again. Forget the off the field stuff. I don't. Who knows if they're ever even going to address that outside of the statement? You know that didn't mean a fucking thing. Um, but it's hey, we had to upgrade. How can you pass on Deshaun Watson? The talent of you. Okay, I get it. But the fact that even before they secured Deshaun Watson, it was he's a child and he's immature and we can't do that anymore. And I mean, Jesus, dude, what if you didn't land Watson? What yeah. the fuck were you going to do? And then the reports come out that they wanted a first for him. No one's paying a first for someone you just fucking threw under the bus like that, man. <laughs> no, especially with the other prices that that quarterbacks were were fetching. I mean, he's not Matt Stafford in a bad situation. He's 
a quarterback who was in a really good situation that just didn't make the plays that he needed to make. He's closer so, to Sam Darnold than he is to Matthew Stafford. He, he's better than Sam, but I'm just saying the situ- situation-wise. Yeah, yeah, I guess, he, I oh, guess he's, he's probably better. Be- yeah. He's better than Sam. He's better than yeah. Sam. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it says a lot that the Colts also wanted nothing to do with Baker. I mean, like, at this point, there's only really one spot for him, and it's the Seahawks, but why would they... Why would they trade for him? Like you know what though, sneakily enough, if the price goes gets a little bit lower, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind him uh, going to the Giants. Brian Dable, little rehab project for a year or two. Well, kick, kick yeah. that can down the road. Yes, I mean, speaking of kicking the can down the road, the Steelers definitely did not address their quarterback situation. Uh, they signed, re-signed Dwayne Haskins. They get Mitch Trubisky, whatever. Uh, James Dude. Daniels, Chukwuma Okafor. I think I said that right. <laughs> and then they get Miles Jack. So those are kind of their biggest signings. But do people I, love this Mitch shit? They love it. They but love I it. am I am yearning for uh, a a Rosen, Josh Rosen, Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> Give me like one more bust quarterback over that and just throw them all out there and make them compete. Have this have the, the Panthers should trade for Mitt for Baker. And bring in Josh Rosen. It's just get the the 2018 bo- the bums. Something. On the squad. Give me something. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> just all the bums that have ever existed. But the funny part about the Mitch thing, though, and this is really my only thought, is you know his PR team did a phenomenal job. You got you got to applaud them. But before the numbers came out, everyone's like, see, like oh, I saw Bears fans, see. Someone finally values him. They paid him backup money, man. What the hell are you talking about? That's a backup contract. That's like a, a that, or even like a, a Teddy Bridgewater type of thing where it's like, all right, when he was with Carolina, all right, we'll give you some incentive base. If you wind up being good, you'll get that money. If not, you're a, a bridge quarterback. Like you're going to get us to the next guy. I, I feel, I feel like I should feel bad because I'm not necessarily rooting for Mitch to succeed, but I'm, I'm, like if he if he plays well, cool. I still think I, I you know I still believe in what I saw from him. But like for people to just be like, no, no, no. See, Nagy was the problem the entire time. Which, yeah, that's true. Matt Nagy was a bad head coach. He's a bad play caller. We we heard how Mitch talked about him in regards to what he learned from Brian Dable, being that communication is huge. Like we 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 get it. But just because Matt Nagy is a bad head coach and a bad play caller and bad communicator doesn't mean that Mitch Trubisky was just a, a, a good quarterback in a bad situation. That's not – Matt Stafford has been in terrible situations in Detroit for years. He was coached by a guy named Jim Bob Cooter. Like, that. that's a fact. Hey, Jim Bob had that offense humming, though. <laughs> he did. And Matt Stafford, you could still see the talent. Right. Like quarter. There are guys where you're just like, God damn, this is just really bad. Mitch was in a really good situation. He had playmakers all around him. Maybe not, you know, to a, a great degree, but like a solid run game, a good offensive line, a really good defense. And he was still bad. Yeah. He well, was that, still that, bad. And that's the thing. I, I think that's you why. feel the same exact way that I do. I'm not rooting for him to fail. I know what he is and I'm rooting for everyone else to see it. Everyone who like, you know, everyone who's still on his side. To, well, on his side, meaning like they think he's a good quarterback that got ruined. It's, I just want them to see that they're wrong because they're wrong. They are wrong. Yeah. Again, like um, Deshaun Watson had nothing in Houston. They even took away his best 
receiver and got him an old running back, and he still balled the fuck out. That's what good quarterback, good quarterbacks save coaches' jobs. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And uh, speaking of the Texans, they obviously did, they they haven't added anything worth talking about other than the first round picks. Um, the Indianapolis Colts, obviously a huge trade yesterday, uh, getting their quarterback finally. Frank, Chris Ballard, I don't know what kind of witchcraft he brews up down there in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah, down there works. We're in Chicago. They're, they're south, a little bit south of us. Some kind of witchcraft in Indy. I don't know how he does the things that he does, but it's absolutely insane. He basically got a third-round pick to get rid of Carson Wentz for Matt Ryan. Like, he got Matt Ryan and a third-round pick for Carson Wentz. That's that's insane because that's a clear upgrade. Matt Ryan yeah. is the perfect fit for this offense. I think people were saying, oh, it's Phil Rivers 2.0. No, no, no. Come on. Matt Ryan's still got a fucking arm. There's still some juice left in that arm. Uh, they obviously, you know, they keep Matt Pryor as their, their left tackle. They're going to give him a shot. But the other noteworthy move that they made was trading their cornerback, Rocky Seen, for Yannick Ngakwu and, Frank, I'm really excited about that. I mean, a player for player swap, you trade a cornerback who you and I have talked about. It's nice to have them, but they're not necessarily going to win you Super Bowls. They get a pass rusher like Yannick, like who's already had familiarity with Gus Bradley. Like that's hats off to Chris Ballard, man. The dude is a wizard. I don't know how he does this. I really don't get it. No, I, I agree. I think it's a very clear upgrade. I just... I hope they have a pl- like a plan for a younger quarterback. A plan for a younger, because Matt Ryan didn't have <laughs> he's about that to be much left in the tank. That's what, that's what I'm saying. And he hasn't aged like Tom Brady has. I, and I'm not saying he's going to be bad this year, but he's going to be bad soon. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be this yeah. year or maybe even next year, but it's that, that, that is coming. But me and you were sort of texting just how lucky the Bears, like just in hindsight, it's like more and more luck to get Justin Fields. But it's like teams just don't seem to be future focused whatsoever, <laughs> yeah. like at at all. I mean, they, they could have had a quarterback last year and just sat him for a year and let Matt Ryan start. And they didn't they didn't do it. And now the Falcons are without. They had to trade him for a third. And it's like, OK, but what, what do we do now? You know what I mean? It's like not for nothing. And I think that it's, I don't think there's any chance this happens, but it would be really nice because I think I I think he's and I think I know you do too. I think he's the best quarterback prospect in uh in this year's draft. But I think all of them are a little bit raw, and and he he's a little bit raw himself, being from a smaller school too. You 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 get you get Malik Willis in that indie in that indie locker room, right? You let him sit, and, and if the year goes goes bad, you start him sooner. But you let him sit for a year, you coach him up. You got fucking Frank Reich in his ear. You know, whispering sweet nothings about how next year when this old shit leaves, you're the guy. And then he just dominates. But I feel like not enough teams do that. Like, because you you think about even what the Patriots did. They drafted uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, Tom Brady doesn't look like he's leaving at all. And they were able to flip him. Even if your guy doesn't, I think you, you have to have a good relationship with your quarterback and let him know, like, this isn't about you. Like, even if this guy winds up being a really good backup, that's still valuable in this league. But, like, teams have to start planning forward. It's so strange to me. Look at fucking Carolina. Yeah. Well, what are they doing? They drafted a, a cornerback instead of Justin Fields. <laughs> like, this, Frank, this is, this is you know, I know people love to talk about just draft the best player available. But, like, 
I don't always love that approach because sometimes you do need to address your needs, whether you think that this quarterback quarterback is a position I feel like you can throw the darts at. And this is what I loved about Ryan Pace when he first got here. I'm going to draft a quarterback every single year. Okay, we know that's probably not realistic in terms of using draft picks on quarterbacks, but that type of mindset is a good mindset to have because the more quarterbacks you have, the more valuable that, that position is if you find some good ones. Like the the Washington at the time, the Washington Redskins, they draft, they trade up, they, they send a haul to the Rams to get Robert Griffin III, and then what do they do in the fourth round? Boom, they, tra- they draft Kirk Cousins. And what does he do? He becomes a starter. Now, they didn't keep him. They didn't pay him. They didn't really trade him either. They, there's nothing wrong with getting quarterbacks, man. Like, if you can find good ones, those are incredibly valuable. So I agree. Uh, I, I know Matt Ryan is going to be seen as just another Band-Aid. And that's that's fine with me because I think that he's a really damn, damn good, good one. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, I, I know people are, are, well, you know, the AFC West, like the, the Colts have no chance. Bullshit. Bullshit, they don't have a chance. They're in the AFC South. It's a terrible division. Get into the playoffs, you maybe get a home game, right, against one of these teams in the AFC West. Things can turn around quickly. And and if they have the right quarterback to elevate certain guys, to get Mike, you know, Michael Pittman Jr., to get the most out of J- Jonathan Taylor, that offensive line, because guess what? He's not going to be <laughs> – that offensive line isn't going to have to block for 40 fucking seconds every time because Carson Wentz is just running around doing God knows what – flipping the ball left-handed, right-handed, all that shit. Matt Ryan's going to he, – he's a professional quarterback, and he's going to make the best decisions possible for this team. I, I'm very excited about this addition, Frank. They need to upgrade the wide receiver spot, like, like really, really badly, like really, really badly. Uh, but luckily, like you were saying, this draft is deep at receiver, right? They, yeah. they can find some good ones. They can still sign a couple guys – I like this move, man. I think I they win the I AFC mean, West, AFC South, I should say. I mean, the only competition they have is the Titans. Uh, I, you know, it, it's that that's very clear. Um, just two things, then we can move on, and then, and we can sort of start speeding these up. Um, yeah. all that's that all. Oh, no, I, I agree, totally agree. All that offense needs is someone who's going to make better decisions. They, they, yeah. they were they were a win away at the end of the year for making the playoffs with a fucking boneheaded quarterback. Uh, two, do you know? How many left-handed passes Carson once made last year? Five. I think it was fifteen. Holy! Fuck. <laughs> I mean, you got to give him some credit, right, for the creativity, right? Like you, you kind of have to. But there, there is, Damn, and, and this is, this is, you know, we haven't brought him up yet. We will here, obviously. This is that's one of my biggest critiques of Russell Wilson. There is an art to just giving up on a play. You know I make fun of Peyton Manning as much as the next guy, but he was so fucking brilliant at giving up on a play. That's not cowardice. That's being smart in the yeah. NFL. You can't, like, extending plays to a degree is very good. Extending them to a point where you get sacked <laughs> on an 18-yard sack and it cripples the whole drive, that's not a good quality. Maybe he'll learn it in Washington, where they've had a ton of that success is turning out quarterbacks. That is going to be a I cannot <laughs> wait. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. Uh, the Jaguars, uh, we've kind of talked about them a little bit. You know, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Lacron, Treadwell, Evan Ingram, uh, Brendan Sheriff. Like they're upgrading their offensive line, their their pass catchers. I mean, if you're, you know, if if you're Trevor Lawrence, you have to be somewhat excited. Um, I, I told this story last week, and I'm just gonna say it again. I was kind of like interested about what the the Jaguars doing. I'm like, I kind of like this. You know, I kind of like some of the moves they're making. And then Frank was like, 
he, he said it into our group chat and he was like, you're starting the wide receivers are Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. And I just fucking started dying of laughter because I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's a great way to put it in perspective. These are, these would be great if they had like an alpha, right? If, if like, I don't know if, if Devonte Adams was their number one and you had Christian Kirk and Zay Jones as your two and three, boom, perfect. That ain't what these boys are making, Frank. This Christian yeah. Kirk contract is. Hey, here's here, here's the thing. Without without being too long winded, hats off to Christian Kirk and his agent because they fucking deserve it. All Maybe right? he shares an agent with with Mitch Trubisky. Possibly, <laughs> quite possible. I mean, but but goddamn, I thought he was going to go for about twelve good wide receiver too. Maybe would even with some incentives. They were like, nope, you're the next Hopkins. Get in here. <laughs> That's it's wild. It's it's absolutely wild. He, he is a good player, though. And I feel bad that, you know. What does he have to do to live up to that contract, like thirteen hundred yards for a few years? Like he's never done stuff like that before. <laughs> but if you pay him less and he gets his thousand nine hundred, you know, that range, like because he's shown that before. He's a good player, but he's never God. caught a thousand yards, dude. Well, his highest was in the nine hundred. He had two nine hundred yeah. years, right? Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's a good player. He's a good player, but they paid him like. Uh, now I'm scared for Darnell Mooney's contract because you know how much the Bears love him. No shot. No shot Christian Kirk reset the market. There's no way. <laughs> uh, the Titans finishing up the AFC South. They trade for Robert Woods, which I, I really, really like. That's a good compliment to uh, to A.J. Brown. Uh, they get Austin Hooper looking to resurrect his career a little bit, and then they get Harold Landry as their pass rusher. Uh, AFC West, we've already talked about the Russell Wilson trade. Um, that's that's obviously their biggest addition. Um Still, obviously, very important move to get Randy Gregory, which was absolutely crazy. That the, the, the Cowboys are like, no, no, hold on, hold on, we're, we're going to sign you. And they're signing him, and he's reading the contract. He's like, what the what the fuck is this? And he's like, oh, we tried to change it right before you signed it. And he's like, fuck you guys, I'm going to Denver. It's crazy. That's absolutely hilarious to me. I found that to be very funny. I, I Yeah, that whole, well, because it was like three reports that went back and forth. He's Yeah. He's with them. He's with Dallas. No, no, no. He's with the He's I was like, what He's is like, going no, no. on right now? He was going to be with the Cowboys, and then they tried to change the deal at the last second. Absolutely crazy. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, um, Frank's obviously his his favorite signing of the offseason, Juju Smith-Schuster to the Kansas City Chiefs. Frank, I know you're just dying to see those TikToks. Him and Jackson Holmes just God damn, dude. Boom, that is going to be. Dancing. <laughs> that is going to be horrible. They might be enemy. Patrick numbers. Mahomes may ask for a trade after this season. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? This is a good chance for Juju to show what he can actually do because, I mean, we've seen him in, in the only problem we've seen him given the chance in, in, in Pittsburgh, but they haven't really had the quarterback because Ben was kind of on the, the back end of his career. So, I mean, if he can prove that he's a legit number two receiver to Tyreek Hill, this could be a really, really good signing. Uh, they get Frank Clark and Justin Reed, so they're improving that defense. They let Tyron Matthew walk. We still don't know where he's going. Uh, the Raiders, I mean, Jesus Christ, the Raiders just fucking did. They've done a lot. They've done a lot, Frank, and I know you respect it. We'll get to that. Uh, they signed Amir Abdullah. They they trade for, obviously, Devontae Adams, which, you know, Frank, I'm starting to get pissed off. Every time I, I'm I'm sitting there during the day, I'm working from home, right? I got my computer pulled up. I got my work laptop. I'm doing shit. I'm just, you know, every now and then I'll look at Twitter and I'll load it up. I'll be like, oh, that, that happened. Okay. Then you start seeing Devontae Adams could be on the move. And you're like, when is it going to happen? Right? You see it throughout the whole day. 
I run to Costco to just go get some stuff for my family. And and what happens while I'm walking in the store? You fucking text me, dude, Devontae Adams is gone. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, can it ever just happen when I'm sitting there? Uh, so obviously, you know, I didn't see it right away. Frank, when you saw it on Twitter, what are you thinking? What's what's the first thought that goes through your head? The first thought that went to my head, quite honestly, and it came out to be false, was like, this is the price you pay for paying Rodgers what he wanted. This is what we were talking about. We didn't know it was going to be Devontae, but you're going to lose quite a few because that cap number is going to keep going up. You're you're continuing to pay this guy more and more money. And obviously, he's one of the greatest. I get it. But he's old, and y'all haven't won anything in 12 years, 10 years, whatever. Like, move on already. Uh, obviously, that got refuted. They offered him more money. He just didn't. He he felt disrespected at that point, which he is felt- crazy, by the way. <laughs> that even that's honestly to me crazier that he that the Packers were like, "We'll pay you more money," and he was like, "Fuck you! I'm going to I'm going to Vegas to play with Derek yeah. Carr." That's but then, crazy. But then, as I started to continue to think about it, and I told you this off air. I respect the shit out of Las Vegas at this point. They, they may not win that division. They may come in last in that division because it's so stacked. But they're fucking going for it, man. I mean, they had every reason to be like, damn, Russ is here now. You know what? Let's let's flip Derek Carr and get two firsts or whatever we can get. And let's start offloading people. Let's wait till these guys are gone or old. Let's build for the next couple of years. They're like, nah, we're in this shit. And this, and that, but, but this is what I told you. That's why it's always been so perplexing that Derek Carr has been all in all these trade rumors because one, it's going to be very hard to upgrade from him. So if you trade him, you're probably immediately rebuilding. Um, but two, they've played well, like he's a good quarterback and you know, the, all this, like, Oh, it's like Patrick Mahomes division and it very well wait, very well may be, but the Raiders beat those guys. They compete with them. Like they, 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 they almost beat them twice this past year. Like, they're, they're not just folding under pressure against these dudes. Like, they have consistently competed with them, at least for the last two years. So it's like, why would you just fold under some sort of pressure? Fuck that. Like, let's continue to go for it. And I I, I respect them, man. I, I think, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, Devontae getting traded for two for uh, a first-round pick this year and a 2020 second round. And then, obviously, the Raiders paid the man five years, $141 million. Like, I... Their best receiver probably since Randy Moss, right? Overall? Yes. Easily. Maybe Amari Cooper. Maybe you could kind of make an argument. I, I probably wouldn't because uh, I think Devontae at this point is just on a whole other level. Yeah. Th- this gives the Raiders a legit – I mean, this is how you move on Dude. from guys when you, you miss out on draft picks, right? And then they signed Chandler Jones, which, you know, was crazy in itself. They, they re-signed Max Crosby. Uh, they get Bilal Nichols, Vernon Butler, like Listen, they're, they're kind of starting to load up a little bit. I like uh, it. Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, and Darren Waller on one end. Josh Jacobs, good running back. And you got fucking Crosby and Chandler Jones. I mean, th- this is a fucking squad. Yeah. They're going to be good, man. And again, it's going to be unfortunate that they may, you know, only win nine games because they're, they're playing a stacked division, but fuck that. I mean, that is going to be a very fun team to watch, regardless of what the record is. Yeah, I, I think that might be the move of the offseason. And it's it's still just hilarious to me that Aaron Rodgers, you know, he, and, and people were like criticizing the Packers like, oh, they didn't tell Rodgers that when he signed, like that they were going to trade him. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> Rodgers knew and he still took the money. 
because he's a piece of shit. That's just who he is. Uh, Chargers get, you know, they re-sign Mike Williams. They get Gerald Everett. They get, obviously, Khalil Mack. They they signed J.C. Jackson. Like, not for nothing, man. The Chargers got uh, got a little bit better, too. That's going to be a fun division for sure. Um, we'll go through pretty quickly here on the on the NFCs because or the NFC just because they don't because they fucking suck. apparently like can we just exclude them from the Super Bowl and just make it AFC teams? <laughs> That's all I want to see. Uh, Michael Gallup resigns. James Washington carries Dalton Schultz. They get to Marcus Lawrence. They didn't try and change the deal on him. Uh, they resign Leighton Vanderash to a one year deal. Frank, he's better than Roquan Smith. Just remember that, okay? Because he's yeah. a white linebacker with a little collar thing. That's why everyone said he was better. Uh, the Giants haven't done shit. All right. They've signed literally no one. Mark Lewinsky from the Colts and then uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. And the only reason I care about Ricky Seals is because I have him on my dynasty team and it's tight end year. So he's going to he's gonna ball out there. Uh, the Eagles. Eh. Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox, I guess. Eh. Nothing really there. Washington Commanders. We've talked about the Wentz trade, obviously. Um, That's going to be fucking glorious. He fits Washington's culture perfectly. The J.D. McKissick thing actually ended up being kind of interesting, Frank. You know, first glance, you're like, who cares about J.D. McKissick? Who cares? But the fact that the Giants, or excuse me, the Bills, were like, the the, the Commanders kind of fucked us here, and it's kind of bullshit. Like, it's going to make the trading with them a little bit harder. Like, that's kind of crazy to admit out loud. Yeah. Uh, that, that, so that was kind of interesting. But, uh, yeah, no, Wentz, Wentz should uh, – that team is going to be interesting, to say the least. Uh, we talked about the Bears, the Lions. I would say probably their their biggest, you know, their biggest move that they made was signing DJ Chark to a one-year $10 million deal. That could pay off, Frank. That, that could I, I, pay he off. Was target, he was a target that I wanted for the Bears. I, I yeah. like him a lot. If he comes back this year healthy, he's a really good receiver. I'm kind of surprised the Bears didn't take a shot. I mean, that was kind of Allen yeah, Robinson. Yeah, one year for 10. Yeah. The same kind of the same kind of deal that, that ended up working out for them. So, um, yeah, curious about that. But I think that's a good move for the Lions. Uh, Packers, obviously, they get Aaron Rodgers back. They re-sign Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon, Devondre Campbell, Preston Smith. They got rid of Zadarius Smith, who actually signed with the uh, the Vikings. Uh, but the Packers also said signed Razul Douglas and Jaron Reed, um, both really good players. So Packers are, of course, having a good offseason. I just they better. <laughs> I can't it, wait. I can't. It might wait be a net negative losing Devontae, though. That's what I was going to say. I, I really hope they don't use a first round pick on the wide on a wide receiver just because I want to see Packers fans reactions. Well, they no, have but the to, thing, but they, won't. I, they, they do have to. But the thing is, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like young receivers. He doesn't get along with them very well. Yeah. I mean, we know that people are trying to recruit, you know, at least Packers fans want Odell. They want, you know, they want Julio, which it'd be oh, funny if they I got Julio. I love if they signed Julio. And that's what I'm saying, too. I People are, you know, as a Colts fan, like, it'd be cool if him and Matt Ryan got, you know, got on the same team again. Uh I mean, it doesn't move the needle for me. I'm not like because you know they're they're going to make a big deal out of it. oh it's Julio Jones because you're it's exactly what you talked about. People are in love with the name, man. Like yep. look at look at what Julio did last year. He's not the same guy. Now, granted, that could have just been the Tennessee offense. I don't think so. I mean, but, he's also he's been hurt the last four years now. He's been on yeah. every injury report to ever exist since like 2017. <laughs> exactly. So that's something obviously to look at. Um, the Vikings. Get Kirk Cousins, obviously. They, dude, 
Goddamn, I want his agent. Can I get Kirk Cousins? Agent? Kirk, I, I don't know what boom, dirt boom, Kirk Cousins boom, has. Boom. It's beautiful. On the Vikings. I mean, it is insane, dude. Especially when they have Chris Sims' favorite quarterback, Kellen Mond, on the roster. I mean, I can't believe that they wouldn't just move on to him. I, you would think. You would think when a, when a quarterback guru gives his stamp of approval, you would think that these NFL teams would fucking recognize <laughs> and show some respect. We're going to talk about that when he when he released that list. We've decided already that we're going to analyze his little rankings. I will um, say, wait, I will say, though, as, and I'm still going to shit on him just because it's fun. He pretty immediately retracted things about Justin Fields, even after some like starts that weren't that great. He was like, oh, I he I mean, he improved from what I saw in college. I can just see in his play, like forget what the scores were. Forget like you can see you can see it. So. There's that. I mean, he has Malik Willis as his number three quarterback. Can't imagine why. <clears throat> uh, Falcons signed Marcus Mariota to replace Matt Ryan. Obviously, the relationship with Arthur Smith. I think it makes sense. I don't think it's going to make them like a very good team. Marcus Mariota. He used to he Mitch Trubisky the, before Mitch Trubisky. He was. He can't read a defense <laughs> worth a shit. And he's an athletic quarterback. And he's an athletic went, quarterback. Went and sit oh, for a little bit. I and just. Then, I, yeah. I remember watching those teams. It was everything was a fucking struggle with that guy. It, he was the most annoying quarterback I'd ever seen in my life. I, it was it was gross. It was such a gross offense. I've been telling you, I I was, you, you know, it's when we really first met, I think, that I started talking about, you know, being a Colts fan. I was like, I don't think Marcus Mariota is very good. And, you know, people were, were upset about that. Well, oh, no, he's he's, he's going to be, he's going to get that. No, he's not. He's I didn't terrible. think, I, as a prospect coming out of college, I didn't I think. Didn't like him. I wasn't yeah. really in love with Jameis either. Obviously, Jameis has had the much better career, but I thought both of them weren't that great. Yeah. Um, they re-signed Cordero Patterson. Good for him. I'm, I'm glad he, he got paid because... You know, he sent out that very funny tweet about him, you know, getting the arm ready. I thought that was really good. I kind of feel bad for him, though, that he's going to waste the rest of his career on Falcons. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, but I, and on the flip end, he's going to get a lot more opportunities because they're a bad team. Like, yeah, if you got him on your fantasy team, good for you. Good yeah. for you that a coach finally figured out how to use him. Um, Panthers, they get Dante Foreman, which a signing I, I really, really like, actually. Um, DJ Moore. Crazy extension. He's still only like what. 23 years old. I, I this know. dude's been in the league for 17 years. I don't understand. <laughs> and he and he puts up he, he does put up numbers, but just like not touchdowns. It's very weird. Yeah. It's, it's very weird how they use him. I, I don't really get think, what Matt Rule is. Well, I think doing. it's because I think it's because they've sucked his whole tenure there, so it feels like empty stats. Yeah, I feel like he's the NBA player of the NFL. Like he's getting his numbers, but it doesn't do a fucking thing in game. He's just doing. The, I, I have him in a few leagues, though. I love him. Yeah, he's just doing the job. Yeah, he's doing the job. The Saints they bring back Jameis on a two-year deal. No real surprise there, and they signed Marcus May. I mean, I, the fact that they were able to sign anybody is <laughs> mind-blowing. Who is the favorite in that division? In right that divi- Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You forgot about them, didn't oh, you? Oh, I did forget about Tampa. Who is the second favorite in that division right now? Give me. That is going to be still, a it's still gotta gross be, it's, division. It's still got to be the Saints, right? I guess. I, I mean, I, I can envision. Back. I can envision a scenario in which Tampa Bay wins ten plus games, and everyone else is under five hundred in that. Oh look, Tom Brady is in the is in the AFC East again. Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, my God, Brady had to see this. He saw this offseason, and he's just like, all right, I'm coming back. There's nobody in the NFC. Let's get this done. You know, he, Leonard Fournette, Russell Gage, which a signing I like. Chris Godwin signs a three-year deal. Rashad Perryman, Ryan Jensen, all those guys, the guys you're familiar with on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they re-signed James Conner, Zach uh, Zach Ertz. Uh, other than that, not a real whole lot, which I'm kind of surprised about that the Cardinals haven't been more involved. I don't really know what they're doing. They're kind of just hanging out. Uh, the Rams get Stafford back on another, th- you know, extension, and then they get Ryan, uh, they get Allen Robinson. Um, trade Robert Woods. They don't have Odell anymore. I mean, Allen Robinson's in the perfect wide receiver two spot, but he's not really even a wide receiver two. I mean, Frank, do we think he's going to bounce back to like? 2018, 2019, Allen Robinson, or, or do you think maybe last year wasn't just a target thing? He he obviously is going to have this year to prove that. I th- I don't know if it's going to be 2018. I do think he's going to bounce back, though. That's my prediction. He's going to have a really good year because this is the best quarterback and best offensive system he's ever been in. No do one's ever denied his come- talent. I think last yeah. year we did we what we were disappointed with was his effort. Now, again, looking at it from a workplace standpoint, if I didn't get along with my superiors where I'm at now, I'd fucking dog it too. And, and, and again, I can't wait for that athletic article to come out about Matt Nagy because it's coming. It has to be coming. And he was just, he was a clown. Um, so, you know, you, you can't judge too hard in, in that scenario. Um, but I think, I think it was more of him disconnecting himself from the franchise than him being over the hill. I mean, he's still only 28 years. I mean, that's a prime year. It's still such a weird thing to do, in my opinion, when you're in a contract year. Like, I don't know if I've really ever seen that, where a guy just kind of gives up, <laughs> regardless of how he feels. But, but I, I, I think, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying it's it's a weird thing to, to do. I but he, I mean, he still got paid, if you think about it, three years, it was 46 like 16 mil. mil per year, right? Yeah, 30 mil guaranteed. But the, you know what? I think you think about it on the flip side. He has a couple of things going for him. Obviously, the the you know the cat's out the bag when it comes to Matt Nagy. So I think people at that point came to the why of like, well, why was he doing that? Not the why, Frank. Here? Not the why. Oh, I didn't even realize. But you get what I'm saying. Like the the root <laughs> of the issue of like you had to have been that over this coaching staff for you to do that in your contract year. Uh, which makes more sense to me than him because, you know, his route still looked good. It just it was like those 50-50 balls that we got so used to him coming down with were such half-assed that you saw it was an effort thing. Or he just fell down. How many times he did, did fall we down see down that? Or he, just fell, he just fell. Like, come on, man. Help out your rookie quarterback a little yeah. bit here. And he just didn't. Well, even, that, even that first fucking start by Justin yeah. Fields, that dime piece right in the bread basket, you couldn't hand it off better to Allen Robinson and he just dropped it. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, you know, good for him getting paid. Uh, it's a good situation to be in. I, I'd be surprised if he's like, you know, if he puts up like fifteen hundred yards and like, you know, ten plus touchdowns. But I mean, he may thousand yards, seven or eight touchdowns. I don't think that's unrealistic, honestly. I mean, just think about what I mean. That's the thing, Sean McVay. He knows how to get people in position to succeed look what he just did with Odell and again it's not to say Odell was past it but I think people were having similar conversations with Odell Beckham in Cleveland is it him is it Baker does he suck does he not he went to the Rams and made a real impact 
Like yeah. he clearly is not the wide receiver one New York Giants guy anymore, but he certainly isn't over the hill. You know, and it's it, McVeigh is going to put him in every situation to succeed. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's a good signing for them. Uh, Frank, the other two teams, the 49ers and the Seahawks, I, not really even worth talking about. They really haven't done anything worth note. Um, Jimmy G is still on the on the on the roster from all intense purposes. It doesn't really sound like a lot of people are asking about Jimmy G, which kind of yeah. surprised me a little bit. Uh, maybe that shoulder surgery or that shoulder injury is worse than than we think it is. Curious to see what happens with that quarterback spot because, dude, I mean, I'm I'm telling you, man, I don't it's think not crazy it's, to go right to Jimmy to stick with him, right? Well, that's what I was gonna say. I think they like Jimmy G more than they're letting off. They didn't give Trey Lance a shot at all last year. Which well, is I think crazy. everyone everyone virtually agreed that if you get him to uh, some sort of ceiling with all the talent that he has, he's your best chance to win things. Yeah. And they stuck with Jimmy G. The, even an injured finger Jimmy G. He couldn't throw the ball in the postseason. He was horrible. Yeah. And they stuck with so I, I don't know, man. It's weird. But again, this is one of those things with the disconnect between the coach and the front office. Uh, Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. Shanahan did not want Trey Lance. That was an owner that was the owner wanted Trey. So that can get sticky, but I think the next two dominoes to fall are going to be Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield. So I'm curious to see what happens uh, with them. Yeah. And we'll definitely talk about it as, as it comes through. Um, you know, there's still a bunch of stuff that, that Frank and I want to discuss. We want to do our, um, you know, our quarterback rankings, obviously. Uh, but we want to talk a little bit more about that urban Meyer stuff. Cause I think it deserves a full conversation of just some of that stuff that was coming out. Absolutely insane. Um, so, and, and we'll, we'll see, you know, I'm sure there'll be more moves to be made and then, uh, and then the draft will be here before we know it. Um, Frank and I are also going to do a, a fantasy episode where we're going to talk about where we'd like to see the, the top ranked rookies going skill players. Um, you know, whether it's quarterback, wide receiver, running back, all that good stuff where, where we think could be fun for them to go. Um, and where they can succeed the most. So still got a bunch of stuff lined up and then we'll obviously get to the draft when it's just a little over a month, month away, Frank. We're coming yeah. right up to it. Coming OTAs, up right to it. OTAs are right around the corner, Jack. Frank, week one is right around the corner. You know what I'm talking about? Right it is. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a new podcast name. Oh, I like it. Later, Jackie. Later, Later everybody. Frankie.